what's up, everybody, and welcome back to yet another Diamond Talk podcast show. It's a beautiful day here at Indianapolis, New Jersey. It's it's, a, it's a 60 degrees. It's opening day, Yankee opening day. We have on the monitor here in the studio the Yankee. Game you see that you get a little sidetrack. Uh, we get a little sidetrack. Just know, you know, John Carl Stanton hit a home run, or you know, Judge double in the gap, basically clearing the Yankees, taking the lead. But we're excited. Beautiful day. Baseball's back. Almost every single one of our in the zone teams are playing this weekend. Um, so we're excited to finally get the ball rolling. Weather's breaking, like we've been saying for quite some time. Um, so we're just excited. And please excuse our excitement. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Jeremy Duran. And alongside me, wow, you know what? I, I got to pause for a second, Andrew. Sorry to, to cut the intro. But John Carl Stanton's home run 30 minutes ago, two seconds ago, was 115 miles an hour off the bat. Wow. That's a laser. That's insane. That's a That's laser. An absolute laser beam. And, Hi, guys. It's me again. Yeah. That's Andrew. a laser beam. Just know, uh, folks and parents and anyone out there listening, that he gets paid to do that, and you know maybe your son or child doesn't. So just know when we try to chase those numbers that we're doing it the right way, and the reason why those big guys do it is because they work endless. Really hard. Yeah. So if we're you're back. Yes. If back. you're if you're one of those guys that isn't up to the uh, the 115 exit velo mile an hour yet, uh, don't 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 worry about it. We'll get you there. No, and you know what? It's just it, it's important to know. Wow, barely cleared the wall. But it's important to know, you know, your strengths and weaknesses as a player, mm-hmm. um, especially when you're going into a training session, especially when you're going into a, you know, baseball game. Know what you can and cannot do. I know we said this countless times on the show before. Mm-hmm. Uh, stay within yourself. You know, have some self awareness of. Don't what try to you do too do. much. Yep, one hundred percent. So it's something something I tell my pitchers all the time, especially. Yeah. You know, don't try to throw the ball too hard. Don't try to. Make a curveball break more than it can, um, you know, or more than you're capable of making it yep. break. Uh, yes, stay stay within yourself. Do what you can do. Do what you know how to do. Do what's going to help the team the most in right. that situation. Which is, by the way, why you're in the position that you're in. Yeah. And and just just know your like you just said, know your body's capabilities. Know mm-hmm. what you can and cannot do. I know I said probably sound redundant, but it, it's it's the god honest truth. Um, don't try to throw 100 things. miles an hour when your body only lets you throw 75. Right. right. So there's no need to rush your body up to, to try to get all this power, which, by the way, does absolutely nothing, um, to try to throw hard. Stay within yourself. Ten times out of ten, right, unless you're a freak athlete, a coach would rather see somebody throw strikes than try to throw the ball 100 miles an hour to the backstop. That's the reason I played college baseball is because I threw strikes. Not because I threw the hardest, mm-hmm. but because I threw the most strikes. So. And at the end of the day, listen, folks. You work if you work hard. You're in the weight room. You know you're getting your your throwing session in. You're getting your weighted ball training done. Your adrenaline and your just body will allow you to throw hard. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You try to throw hard, the ball comes out flat. You know you start you get a little wild. You start tipping your your head. You, it's just a mess, right? It's the times that you probably know as a pitcher. You threw your hardest when you weren't trying. Yeah, absolutely. Those are the best days too. That's when you're just feeling it. Um, you know, the adrenaline, like you said, is spiking. You're in game, uh, big moment. You know, everything is everything's working for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might not be the ideal situation that you're pitching in, but the adrenaline's there, the hype is there, everything's going, you know, full tilt right now. Um, that's when you're throwing your best and your hardest. Yeah. Uh, so actually, it's funny. I had a one of our players the other day was throwing live BP. And his father emailed me the next day asking about, you know, just some stats and stuff because we did take the radar out for a little bit. 
And he said to him afterwards, he's like, yeah, I didn't feel like I was throwing my hardest. Um, and, you know, I was asked, is that even a thing? I thought a fastball was always supposed to be thrown hard. Mm -hmm. And it is. But you're not going to have the same level of intensity and adrenaline in a BP, live BP in the cage against your teammates that you are out on the field on game day against the team that you want to bury into the ground. Right. So, you know, it, it does it does matter. It can add a couple miles an hour to your fastball velo, uh, but you don't have to strive for that. It's really just something that happens naturally. 100%. And that's all we're just trying to say here, especially as a hitter, too. Don't try to, do some, don't try to hit the ball 500 feet when you – you know, you know you're, you when can. you're a slap guy right, or right. gap to gap, singles, doubles. You are the type of hitter that you are because that's what you worked for. If you want to be anywhere else, work towards that. Right. And then try to do those capabilities. Mm -hmm. But you know, if you try to, if you've been working all winter on just making contact and readjusting your swing, don't go out first game trying to hit a home run because that's not going to happen. Absolutely. Right. You're going to strike out. This game and the way you play it, everything that happens happens because you work for it. And when you're in a crunch time situation like you just mentioned and you want your game to, you know, give back to you. you right. put in Be all, elevated. Right. That only happens if you put in the work. Mm -hmm. Don't yep. expect the game to show up if you don't put in the work. You put in the work, your game will show up, and that's a, that's a promise. Right. And like you just said, remember, everybody's work is different. Right. So just because somebody's doing different drills or different activities or their swing looks different or they're not a power hitter, somebody else is a power hitter, doesn't mean they're not still working just as hard as that guy, such as Mr. Stanton, who's right. putting 115 exit velos up. Yeah. You know, so the, the slap hitter, the power, the um, the singles guy is still putting in just as much work as the guy hitting the ball 115 miles an hour. Like the fastball will come, the home runs will come, the doubles will come, the triples will come. They'll come. Stay within yourself. Absolutely. Uh, I think that was a great way to start the show and just, you know, talking about major just, leaguers. Just and, a live example, yeah, yeah and, as and, it comes to us. And, <clears throat> you know, excuse me. But a lot of times we see, especially like parents and, and, and young players, for, well, first of all, here's problem number one. A lot of our, this generation doesn't watch baseball. Mm -hmm. They don't know how to turn, sit down in front of a t TV and turn it on and watch just at least an hour and a half of baseball. They don't know how to do that. They have a lot of other things going on. They're playing a lot of multiple sports. They have, you know, video games, homework, et cetera, et cetera. But they don't have time. I shouldn't say time, but they don't have the will to just sit down and watch a baseball game. That's problem number one. Problem number two is the ones that are sitting down and watching baseball on Instagram or social media and watching the highlight play on ESPN, they're trying to emulate that. And when you ask, when they do it in practice and you ask them, hey, why did you do that? Your answer can't be, well, I saw it on TV. Or right. the answer can't be the reason that you're trying to hit a 500-foot home run can't be because well, I saw John Carlos Stanton do it. That can't be the answer. And I think kids are and parents are trying to emulate that to an extent. The reason that baseball coach will ever tell you, go watch a Major League Baseball game, is so that you can see how they do it. Absolutely. To know what's right. Right. Not so you just go do it to do it because you think it looks good. Not but to watch the home runs. That's what's watch. right. Watch the fundamentals. Watch his swing mm -hmm. mechanics. Watch his approach. Watch, watch his path to right. a ball. Watch his pitch pattern. That's what we're telling you to watch. And at the end of the day, he is doing it right. Even though mm -hmm. he's doing it in his own way. He's doing it right. He's doing it right. Um, so, you know, when you're looking at a baseball, when you're watching a baseball game in front of a TV, you know, at a restaurant, whatever, just know they've worked up to make that play. They worked up to hit that way. They worked up to pitch that way. I think they started the off the tee. They started on their knees with ground balls. You know, it's all the same. Yeah. Like we said, progression, progression, progression. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead. 
I was just going to add in, you know, one other cool thing to, to look at when you're watching these games and everything is something that you mentioned right there is that everybody's doing it their own unique, different way. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, they're still getting into these powerful positions. Yes. Right? All the pitchers are typically getting into the same, if not similar, power positions mm-hmm. coming down the mound. Yep. Um, the end mechanics are overall the same. Hitters are still getting into a strong power position using their legs and their lower half. Uh, connecting the backside, the whole backside, upper and lower, together to drive through the baseball. Um, so one fun idea for you guys watching at home is try to find those power positions. Try to see the different swings that guys are taking and see where they connect. Yep. See how they're similar, not how they're different. That's easy to look for. But what's what's hard and fun and will make you a better baseball player is to look for the reasons that the different types of swings are actually similar and what they do. 100%. 100%. I tell that all the time. Say, hey, whatever you coach you go to, especially my lessons, I go, I don't care what coach you go to. But just know that the position that we're trying to get into is all the same. Right. It's all the same. You know, someone may have a different approach. Someone may have a different setup. The power position, which is, again, ultimately the end goal is where you want to be. Um. With that said, I think it's a good leeway into, you know, the topic that we have today. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a topic that, you know, we hear several times, especially being have, – especially having our positions here at In The Zone um, and countless number of hours of our day contain talking to parents and, and mm-hmm. you know, s- s- tryout forms and new people that we try to engage with the organization and the program. Right. Um, so it's an interesting topic, and I think it, c- it could get answered here today, right now. Um, and that topic is club baseball, which is, you know, the organization that we are. Club, right, what we do. Right, club program, or no, what's the word that I'm looking for? Academy organizations mm-hmm. um, versus rec or rec travel. Mm-hmm. And like I said before, this, this comes to us frequently. Um, especially when we're talking like a trial uh, who comes in and he said, he, you know, you know, we give him a spot in our team, but the mm-hmm. immediate answer we get is, you know, hey, we'd love to play for you guys, but, you know, he really wants to play rec or we really want him to play rec right now, mm-hmm. um, which to me has its benefits and has its uh, – it, it, it has a benefiting factor to it, and, and in some cases it doesn't. Um, I'll let you real quick just, you know, give a couple – what do you think about the topic? Um, so I think it's it's very interesting, and it really shouldn't be controversial or anything like that. Um, and I want to start off by saying there's definitely no bashing of rec baseball here at no. all whatsoever. In fact, we encourage it a lot to a lot of different people. Um, but, you know, being a club organization and trying to connect the dots for people on what's what and where you should be, what you're looking to get out of the program, that's the key factor right yeah. there. So, as a club organization, our goal kind of shifts and changes depending on the level of baseball that we're playing. So, right now, we have about two teams at every age level from 10U up through high school. Um, Including softball, we have another three softball teams there. Um, And those teams vary in our goals and structure of the teams depending on you know, the type of kids that we have, the type of players, um, and and what we see from that team. So what that means is one team is typically a 
very much um, instructional team mm -hmm. where we understand that the kids are there to learn as much as possible. Yep. You know, the goal of every team is still to learn baseball and learn mechanics and fundamentals and and you know, the, sorry to cut you off, but no, I think the, the goals of every team here mm -hmm. is development. Right, of course. Exactly. Each team has its own way of developing, but mm -hmm. the main goal from you know all fourteen of our teams are developing. Right. Make sure that our kids are coming, are leaving in the zone if they ever do, or I should say, make making sure that our players are are finishing a season better than they started. Right, and progressing through. Um, their age levels and grade levels with us, mm -hmm. uh, you know, learning something along the way. So anyway, like I was saying, the the overall goal of some teams is pure development standpoint, right? So those are the teams that, you know, we're really going to take the time with and instruct uh, at a very fundamental level. We still need to work on basic mechanics, stuff like that, uh, and, and really provide the most, you know, structure for them. Uh, where our goal of games is really not winning and focusing on winning and losing. It's what did I see this game that I didn't see the game before? Right. It's did the kids get into better positions to make a play? Did they make those plays? Um, did I have to talk to them from the dugout? Did I have to yell out constant instruction from the dugout? Or were they able to do that on their own? Did they know the outs all the time? You know, we, we get into these the minutia of the game and everything like that, but that's really what we're looking for um, for some of those teams. Then we might have a step above that uh, where we're still focused, again, on development, but the way we go about it changes a little bit. We might be a little bit more focused on winning some games, um, and, of course, we want to win because, you know, that – also helps promote our organization you know we we don't want to be a losing program um but from these this next level of team is is kind of more how do we do that through a little bit more competition right, right. how do we promote the constructive i guess criticism if you will uh the learning aspect of the game and the fundamentals through a little bit more gameplay a little bit more intense gameplay um, whether that be through more tournaments, um, a higher level of competition, that kind of thing. But basically, we expect a little bit more from them. Mm -hmm. Nothing crazy. We don't expect to go out and blow teams out and win every game or anything like that. Um, but we expect to have to do a little less on-field coaching, and the preparedness level should be a little bit higher. Mm -hmm. And then we come to our higher-level teams, right? So these are the teams where the idea of this team is to point different things out to them. I'll kind of say it that way, right? Like we expect them to know where to be at all times, to know when to flip a double play. Um, the cutoffs should all know where to go from the outfield. You know, guy on first, what are we doing? Ball hit to us and left. Uh, ball in the gap, where are we going with communication. it? Communication. Right. Just communication on field, not from the dugout necessarily. Right. Right. You know, if we if the coaches see something that are or that is like is out of the ordinary, you know, or tendencies from the hitter, maybe, let's say, I don't really expect, especially some of the younger teams at this level to notice that kind of stuff yet. Um, but to maneuver the infielders and outfielders based on that, um, explaining again why we're doing that kind of stuff. Uh, so at this level, we definitely have a higher focus on winning games, and it's more about a, you know, developing roles on the team. 
um, who's my starting infield, who's maybe a secondary infielder, um, who's going to be a starting pitcher versus a guy I know can come in and throw strikes and get me out of a situation uh, from a relief standpoint. Um, who is this is this is also the level where they start to identify who's a power pitcher, who's not a power pitcher, who's a power hitter and not a power hitter. Uh, constructing the lineups based on all those things um, and explaining to them why that this is happening. So, you know, typically we start to see that uh, 12, 13, 14, um, getting them into high school, ready for high school. And then definitely once we get into the high school levels, you know, at our showcase level, the showcase level is obviously, all right, we're getting you guys to play college baseball now. Uh, so they should definitely have a better understanding of this. I mean, any, I think anybody who's playing high school baseball should have that level of thinking and that mentality when approaching a game. So that's that's just kind of a, a quick, simple breakdown of kind of how we run the teams here yeah. and where we see our teams um, in oh, our no. own eyes and, and the approaches that the coaches, we like the coaches to have oh, no. with those specific teams. Oh, Anthony boy, Rizzo just on? got hit in the hand. It doesn't look too good. Oh, man. See, sorry, folks, getting a little sidetracked here. but yeah, this, They're all going to get this a couple days later, so that's gonna, they're going to be like, yeah, we knew that happened, but yep. we're getting it live here. Um, that's all great points that you said. They're pretty much giving you a synopsis of what, mm-hmm. you know, travel baseball is. And not only, you know, listen, every, like we say, every player is different. You know, every travel organization is different, and the mindset of every tra- behind every tra- travel organization is different. Absolutely. That's our mindset, especially when we get to the, uh, you know, the older aged um Teams like like you said are are fourteens through seventeens I guess you can call them the expectation and the sense of winning gets a little bit different there mm-hmm. um, and you know I know we can speak at, uh, for this because you know we are pretty much the two points of contacts here for the high school program um, winning is doesn't mean going out there playing seven innings and beating a team nope. and having more runs than them winning at that age is making sure that every single one of my my players who are in my program high school programs specifically, get recruited. Because at the end of the day, that's what they're there for, right? You're not just playing travel baseball for an, for an organization at the age of 14 and plus just to play baseball with your friends anymore. And if honestly, if that's the case, um, we, we kindly ask you, hey, if you don't want to play college baseball, this isn't the right team for you. We do have another team for you, but you know this is this this mindset comes a little bit more college baseball focused. We coach the teams like it's a college baseball team. We act, we treat the players like they're college baseball players, just to again get them prepared for that college baseball experience. At the end of the day, like we said, you know it's college driven. We want our kids to get recruited, and once they get recruited, that's step one. Once they get recruited, we got to make sure that they're prepared for the next level. If they're not prepared, prepared excuse me for the next level and then we didn't we hadn't done our job um so like we said the mindset shifts from every organization that you go to um and you know we're in a world now in a day and age where there's a travel uh, uh, i keep saying travel organization but there's a academy i'll use for lack of a better term every step of the way i mean i can i can say right in our vicinity there's a, there's a couple that we know of right around us but we try to separate ourselves, especially with those older groups of how we, you know, train, how we develop, and how we get our our players ready for the for their respected season. Absolutely, um, and that you know that kind of brings us into the differences here now between you know your rec teams and your rec travel teams, right? Uh, and again, like I said in the beginning, I am all for rec baseball. I love rec baseball. I played little league um, and rec ball all the way through high school. 
as long as I could um, while also playing club ball. So it, it is, it tends to be a little bit different, right? You know, you're playing typically. Listen, it's no, it's no secret that the competition isn't as, isn't the same right. as like a rec travel or a club organization. We know that. Um, but what I think to, sorry, and sorry to cut you off, but I think what you're, what he's, what he's implying is, you know, sort of to give you the, again, the synopsis of rec baseball, it's that opportunity the kids get to have to play with their friends, play with their classmates, play with their neighbors, Absolutely. play with their, their friends, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yep. So why take that opportunity away from them? On top of that, as a baseball coach, I want my players to be on three or four teams a season. And I know that may sound crazy, but it's the truth. The more baseball they see, the more pitches they see, the more pitches they get to throw, they're enhancing their baseball ability. And something that I might have missed in our two-hour practice or our two-hour game on a Saturday, mm-hmm. they may pick up on, on a one-hour and 50-minute game on a Monday. Right. That's what i rather have. i rather them be playing baseball every single day if they can. And listen, and I get it. In some cases, you know, the pitchers aren't up to par and they're kind of messing things up and they're slowing things down, but you're not going to beat that live game adrenaline, live game experience that you would in a practice. Right. It's something that we talk about all the time when constructing our practices and everything is how do we make this more game-like? Yeah. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, without just simply scrimmaging all the time, it's pretty hard to do that. Yeah. Um, but, again, you know, like we said, rec definitely has its place and is awesome, and I loved it because I loved hanging out with my friends all the time and playing baseball. Um, so, you know, if – if you're someone who is serious and wants to play at the highest level possible uh, and wants to train as hard as possible on a consistent basis, club baseball is for you. Yeah. You know, come on down, uh, give us a call, shoot us an email, uh, diamondtalkshow at itz-academy.com. At gmail.com. At gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I'm mixing up my two. You can also email me, andrew, at itz-academy.com. Um so, Ooh, yeah, you know, get, shoot us some questions if you have any about, you know, the club organization, any club organization, our club organization, um, and, and feel, free to, feel free to give us a call as well. Um, you know, 973-598-9887, extension 8. There's my, there's my office line for you. Give me a call. We'll, we'll talk shop a little bit. Absolutely. Um, you know, back to the rec now. I think... There, like we said, I think there's definitely the benefits of rec and there's definitely the disadvantages of, of playing rec. And I think one of those things are what I just mentioned is sometimes the – even though the talent isn't there, like I said, obviously we want the experience, but we just want to make sure that it's not getting too crazy. Like you're not a part of a team that's constantly smoking somebody else or constantly getting smoked um, because then we're not learning anything. And, and we want to make sure that you know we are learning – the the most in time on a baseball field right um, you know just gaining that constantly gaining that knowledge that we wouldn't get anywhere else um on top of that we now move on to rec travel and this one gets a little tricky because it's probably your closest thing to a c- club organization mm-hmm. um because it is within your town the best of the best players there is to offer um i've like like andrew i've been a part of rec baseball and and, and you know what it's no hidden fact that rec baseball isn't what it used to be 
Competition was always at a premium. Mm-hmm. Competition was always there. It was fun. That's also just because there weren't as many club organizations, right. too. Right. It, it was fun. Uh, you can go to a park on any given night, and it's packed with parents and grandma and, and aunts and uncles and mm-hmm. just other people that in the area who just wanted to watch a baseball game. Yep. Um, it definitely isn't what it used to be, and that's okay. But for me, club travel, especially now if I'm talking about Little League um, affiliate. travel. Yeah, rec travel, especially Little League affiliate. And this is something that gets a little tricky, especially come summertime. Um, For those who are Little League affiliate, this is your opportunity to go travel and try to contend for a Little League World Series who who play on ESPN. They play down in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. So that's, again, other than Cooperstown, there's no better experience than that. I actually, in 2019... The twelve-year-olds from my town made it all the way to Cooperstown, and they made—I'm mm-hmm. sorry—made it all the way to Williamsport. And they made some noise out there for the Mid-Atlantic team. Um, so it's an experience that we're not trying to get you away from or steer you away from. We want you to enjoy that experience. So Absolutely. that's where you know it gets a little tricky when trying to controverse the two. I guess I should say contrast. Or contrast the two. You know, there, there again, there isn't no con. There isn't, it isn't a controversy. It's just a. It's, the question is, should I or should I be playing club? Uh, and the answer is simply, you should be playing both. Right, exactly. You know, at the end of the day, we have a ton of kids here that play both, and they love both. Um, and I love that for them. Right. Because, you know, rec ball is really, I think I said this in a much earlier podcast episode, but rec ball is really where you foster that love of the game. Yeah. You know, because you don't have to worry about anything other than playing with your friends. Yeah. Um, you so know, you I get to enjoy it. I've written that down like in our pre-show notes that it's the camaraderie. Yeah, absolutely. Center, right? like, that you would get, that you get in rec that you don't get in club. And right. some people are probably scared to step out of that bubble and say, mm-hmm. hey, I'm now going to be playing baseball with a bunch of people I don't know. Bunch right, of a coach I don't, I don't know, yeah. From other towns. Mm-hmm. How do I build that family sense? And, the, you know, you're 100% right. And that's really up to the coach, honestly, too. As much as it is the players to – you know, make friends on the team. It's up to the coach as well to foster that camaraderie and and family atmosphere, um, and and that's really where it comes from. Is just everybody being comfortable with each other, and that doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen at the first practice, second practice, third. It may not even happen after the tenth practice. You know, kids are some kids are shy, uh, some kids are a little bit more introverted than others, and mm-hmm. that's okay. You know, but at the end of the day understand why you're there at each practice right why are you at your rec practice why are you at your travel team practice why are you at your club organization practice mm-hmm. you know realistically each answer should be to get better yep um but understand the lens of which each one is coming through mm-hmm. again from that that rec and the rec travel perspective it's it's still about learning and and teaching and everything like that i'm not going to take that away from it at all um but again, it it is having fun with your friends and getting better with your friends and playing baseball with your friends. Um, from the club standpoint, we kind of do expect you to have a little bit of a sense of understanding of the game already at any of the levels. Uh, I did mention before, you know, all of the three types of levels that we have our teams at. Um, but even at the lowest level or the the beginner level, if you will. Um, we still expect our players to have some understanding of the game and some understanding of some fundamentals. Yep, and that's because we've taught them the right ways, and we taught them the fundamentals for six months in the winter. Right. And we've walked them through it. So we do expect the expectations to be a little higher, like you're saying. I'm sorry. We do expect for their fundamentals to be a little higher mm-hmm. and their baseball IQ to be a little higher because that's what sets them aside from everyone else. Right. 
and even those that come to us for the first time in the summer season uh, where they haven't had that winter training, you know, with the tryouts we do, it is really a, an assessment of player talent versus the players that we currently have on the team mm -hmm. and other players that we've seen that are, you know, trying out for that same team and the overall competition level that we will play at that uh, for that team. Um, and, and we talk about it all the time, like, okay, what team is this kid going to fit on? Is he going to fit at the Knights level or the Cavs level or Knights red level? Um, you know, is he going to be somebody that we really need to spend a lot of time with and teach the fundamentals completely? Or is he already have a, a really good understanding and knows where he's supposed to be kind of thing? All right. Um, so, and the same thing goes for softball here. You know, it's, it's really what level of play can they can they uh, perform at? Mm -hmm. um, are they going to play up? Or is, are the girls going to play up a level, an age level? Are they going to play down an age level? Um, it's really all about where we see them fit and where they're most comfortable um, in our organization. Mm -hmm. So, Absolutely. It's just, I think, you know, when, when con contrasting the, the all three of them, um, what sets you aside as a baseball player and – and honestly, what gets you to the club level is your IQ and is your fundamentals right. and how you rate. And you don't get that without playing rec first, without playing travel first. Mm -hmm. And, and gain, you, like, you have to gain your sense of knowledge somewhere. It's kind of like the progression that we keep talking about of hitting, fielding, pitching, whatever it is. Baseball itself is a progression. Right. You have to pass through the lower levels to get up to the higher level. Right. Um, and at some point or another, you're going to do that, whether it's completely through our organization or through rec and rec travel, then to a club or to another club before us or us and then another club. We hope not that, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, we want to, we want everybody to stay with us for as long as possible, you know, all the way through college. Yeah. Um, and that's the, so. and that's the family sense that you get, especially like someplace like here is that, you know, we're, 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 we, we hope and we, you know, we, we've been really successful in the past of just retaining our players and mm -hmm. really having players that are just really bought into us, you know, aside from baseball, we're trying to not, we're not only trying to create, you know, the best baseball players we possibly can, but match the Red Sox just scored. So four, three, but Ooh. trying to, you know, create gentlemen or potential gentlemen to grow up and be good people. Absolutely. You know, at the end of the day, that's that's also my goal, I think I mentioned before too, is I want to set a good example for these kids. And, and I love to use baseball as that example because it, it works on so many levels. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, that is what it is, you know, it's, that's, that's why we're here and that's what we do what we do. Yep. Absolutely. I think that's that, folks. If that doesn't answer the question for you or the, the debate or the controversy, feel free to reach out to us, like Andrew said before, at diamondtalkshow at gmail.com. Again, diamondtalkshow at gmail.com, and we'll be sure to answer any questions, comments, concerns you might have. Um, it's, it's a great topic. It's an open topic. It's something that you, you're going to come across a, a lot. Uh, we come across it a lot, and I think, you know, you know, if you know somebody who, who has that question or is debating whether playing for rec or playing for a club organization, revert back to this podcast. Uh, Have season give us three. A call. Yeah, season three, episode 12, and we'll be sure um, to give many possible answers. Good stuff, Jeremy. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Stay tuned. Enjoy the baseball season finally underway, uh, and good luck this weekend if you are playing. Uh, stay tuned for next time.